what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. You got to get on up out of the bed and get yourself ready for church. And getting ready for church is more than just putting on your clothes. Getting ready for church is going before the Lord and saying, Lord, please forgive me today. I'm going to the house of God to worship you. Lord, help me to to put the things of the world out of my mind for a few minutes so I can concentrate on you. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. If you have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me, please, to the book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings, chapter 2. Come down with a little bit of a head cold Friday. And uh, I was trying to preach Friday night with a stuffy nose, and we blowed through it, though. Preached for almost an hour, I believe. But uh, anyway, I'm so full of cold medication, I could hardly hold my head up. But uh, the Lord moved, and I thank Him for that. I'm still a little woozy this morning, so we'll be talking about Elijah and Elisha. But if I call him Billy Bob or Shishka Bob or whatever, you'll just overlook it. Second Kings 2, beginning in verse 6, And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry, I pray thee, hear, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as my soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off. And they too stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground. And I want to use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes, Elisha's journey to Jordan. Elisha's journey to Jordan. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, this morning I stand before the people today and I thank you for this opportunity and I thank you for those you've brought this way. And Lord, I ask for your help today. Bring back to my memory that which has been studied and prepared. Form every word in my mouth today, Lord. Anoint me today to rightly divide the word of truth and anoint you people to hear it and receive it. Lord, and I just pray that we'll all be drawn a little closer to you in some way. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen and Amen. We're in the last days, or hours, really, of Elijah's ministry. And in these last days, the Lord had Elijah to go to a number of prominent places in Israel's history. 
Elisha has been with Elijah now for some 10 years, and I'm sure he learned a lot of things. But as the Lord directed Elijah to go to these different places, I'm sure the Lord spoke to him and encouraged him in the ministry for which he was about to uh, go into. They started at Gilgal. Gilgal was the first place that Israel came to after they crossed over the River Jordan. On the wilderness side of Jordan, when the children of Israel came to that river, it was swollen all outside of its banks. It was at flood stage. And God rolled those waters back, rolled them away as the priest bearing the ark of God, stepped down into those murky waters. God rolled the waters away so that Israel could go across on dry ground. You think of the miracle of that. And God told Joshua, I want you to have 12 men to take 12 stones from the wilderness side of Jordan. Take them out to the middle of Jordan and leave them there. And then while on your way over to the other side, take 12 more stones. And I want you to use those stones to build a monument. And when they got over there, they built that monument and they called the name of the place Gilgal, which means rolled away. All of that typified that not only did God roll the waters away so that Israel could go across on dry ground, but it signified that all of their past had been rolled away. All of their rebellion and unbelief and wandering around in the wilderness, all of that was over with now. Glory to God. It's a type of you and I today when we come to Christ He rolls our past away. It's not to be remembered against us anymore. Just as those stones in Gilgal stood as a monument to Israel that the past had been rolled away, the cross, ladies and gentlemen, is our monument today. It reminds us of what Jesus did for us at Calvary when he died on Calvary. For everyone who will place their faith in what he did, their sins are forever rolled away. Glory to God. Hallelujah. They left Gilgal, and they went to Bethel. Bethel is the place where Jacob had an encounter with God. He's just a teenage boy. He's alone for the first time in his life. His brother Esau's trying to kill him because he stole the birthright blessing, and I won't take the time to go into all of that, but Esau was trying to kill him, and Jacob's running as fast as he can. And the Bible says that he lighted upon a certain place. 
he was exhausted. And the shadows of the evening were beginning to lengthen fast over the area. And he could hear the howlings of wild animals off in the distance. He didn't have anything to defend himself with. And expecting his brother to be around a corner, you can imagine the stress, the strain, the being alone. You can imagine the situation. And he was just exhausted, and he took some pillows, and he... He took some stones and he made them for his pillows and drifted off to sleep. And God spoke to him in a dream that night and said, I'm going to be with you. He said, I'm going to be with you. Wherever you go, I'm going to be there. And when Jacob woke up the next morning, he began to sing. Surely the presence... Of the Lord is in this place. I can feel His mighty power and His grace. I can hear the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. In His presence, there is joy beyond all measure. At His feet, peace of mind can still be found. If you have a need, I know He has the answer. Just reach out and claim it, for we are standing on holy ground. We are standing on holy ground. And I know that there are angels all around. Let us praise Jesus now. We are standing in His presence on holy ground. Glory to God. Bethel speaks of the presence of God. Bethel means house of God. You know, it's being said of friendship that there's not a lot of presence of people here, but that's all right. As long as the presence of God is here, glory to God. Let it be said that we might be lacking in the presence of people, but we're not lacking in the presence of God. And let me tell you today, some of you are meeting in a little church and there's not many there, but it doesn't take very many. Jesus said, wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, there I'll be in the midst. It can be in a beautiful sanctuary like this, or it can be out under 
under an old oak tree somewhere, but if two or three are gathered there, Jesus said, I'll be there. Glory to God. I don't know about you this morning, but I feel his presence in the place. And whenever his presence is in the place, depression has to go. Sin has to go. Evil spirits have to go. Hell has to go. Glory to God. You should have a desire to be in the presence of God. They left there and they went to Jericho. Jericho was the first city that Israel came to after they crossed the Jordan. They would launch out from Gilgal and conquer the rest of the promised land. Jericho was a fortified city surrounded by a wall that was absolutely impenetrable. There was no way around it. But God told Joshua what to do. And in the natural, none of that makes any sense. But you know, there's a lot of things that God tells us that doesn't make any sense. The natural mind of man cannot understand the, the things of God. But the children of Israel, they did exactly what God told them to do. And those walls came tumbling down. Glory to God. And that was a great miracle. What kind of walls are in your life? What is it that stands in the way of you obtaining God's best? You have to identify that. And you have to seek the Lord and say, Lord, how, how can we get around this? How can we get beyond this? If you'll do what he says, those walls will, become, will come tumbling down. But there's another story there in Jericho about a harlot named Rahab. And Joshua sent some spies in to view out the land. Of course, God told Joshua to do this, but they really served no military purpose at all because God already knew what was inside the city. But... He had Joshua to send in these two spies, and God directed them to Rahab's house. And she believed their testimony that judgment was coming, and she hid them. She protected them. And when the king sent for those spies, she hid them. And because of that, when the guards left and whatever the case, she asked those spies, can you give me a true token? I want to be saved. When you come in and you take the city, me and my family, we want to be saved. And they told her to take the scarlet thread and tie it to the window. And... When those walls fell and they took the city, Rahab was saved and all of her family. But the Lord brought this to my mind this week as I was studying this. In Joshua 2 and verse 15, Joshua 2 and verse 15, latter part of that verse says that she dwelt upon the wall. Her house her dwelling 
was inside the wall that was fixing to come tumbling down. Do you get this? I mean, that's like being in the World Trade Center when those planes hit. And I don't mean to gross you out, but for weeks they were putting body parts together trying to identify all the, the, that died in that, that tragedy that took place some 20 years ago. And God told her to stay in the house. Get all your family in the house. Tie this little red cord to the window and you'll be saved. And when her whole world started falling apart around her, he that has an ear, let him hear. (laughs) Glory to God, he that has an ear, let him hear. When her whole world started falling apart, literally coming apart, she was saved. She had the presence of God there, and she was saved. Glory to God. What a miracle, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone else died in that. But Rahab was saved because of her faith. Praise God. And I'm sure as Elijah and Elisha stood there in Jericho... Elisha was reminded of all of this. And in 2 Kings 2 verse 6, Elijah said, Tarry here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as my soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. This makes the third time that Elijah told Elisha to stay behind. The Lord has sent me to go over there. When it comes to the things of God, ladies and gentlemen, the persistent soul possesses the blessing. Are you hearing me? Let me say that again. When it comes to the things of God, the persistent soul possesses the blessing. You cannot put your Christian experience on cruise control and expect to receive God's best. We have to press in to the things of God. You've got to get on up on Sunday morning when the clock goes off. If you set your clock, you've got to get on up out of the bed and get yourself ready for church. And getting ready for church is more than just putting on your clothes. Getting ready for church is going before the Lord and saying, Lord, please forgive me today. I'm going to the house of God to worship you. Lord, help me to to put the things of the world out of my mind for a few minutes so I can concentrate on you. Hello? Being prepared. Persistence. Going before the Lord and asking Him for something and you don't receive it, you just keep asking. You keep going before the Lord, the persistent soul possesses the blessing we have to press into the things of God but I want you to notice in verse 7 2 Kings 2 verse 7 50 men of the sons of the prophets stood to view afar off now it wouldn't have been proper for these 50 sons of the prophets to try to take Elisha's position but I believe they should have been closer than viewing afar off are you you hearing me they should have been closer than viewing afar off 
And I mean, they, they, they even knew that Elijah was going to be taken up on this particular day. If you look there in verse 5, 2 Kings 2 verse 5, They came to Elisha and said, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? They knew that some type of miracle was going to take place on this particular day. They knew it. And these were preachers, ladies and gentlemen. And they were off. They stood afar off and they missed it. If the preachers can miss it, where does that leave the laity? They had their minds on other things. And they missed it. And let me tell you this. When a preacher's not preaching the cross, when a preacher's not preaching the gospel, he's missing it, and those listening to him are going to miss it too. Only miracles, true miracles of God happen when the cross is being preached and taught. Again, it goes back to something that was said earlier. Is it the quality or the quantity? So you got a lot of feel-good preachers out here that will tell you what you want to hear. And, and I remember years ago going up, went to a revival, and they called everybody up front. And the preacher was going around praying for people. And when he got to me, he laid his hands on me, and he pushed me, you know. And uh, some of the deacons were standing behind the, the people, and... And when he would go like this, they would fall back and the deacons would catch him and they'd lay on the floor and whatever the case. And when he pushed me, I didn't fall back and he just looked at me. And I'm like this. I mean, if you've got catchers, you've got pushers. God don't need a carnival show, ladies and gentlemen. And I believe in the power of God. I saw my grandmother one night go up to a church and... Uh, went up there at the end of the service during the altar call, and, and the preacher never touched her. He just went like that, and before his hand even touched her, she hit the floor. I'm talking about an 85-year-old woman. Just I'm talking about hit the floor and hit it hard. And she laid there, and God dealt with her. And she got up speaking in another language. <laughs> Glory to God. You, you think some, an 85-year-old woman hitting the floor like that, call, call 911, get the paramedics in there, there's a, a broke hip or something. But yes, God can move. He does move, and He will move in these last days, even more so if we'll believe Him. But I believe in the power of God. But there are so many today that view this as being a far off. A far off. Brother James, this is something that happened back years ago, but it's not for today. You're viewing it from a far off. Well, Brother James, it might be for that church up the road, but not here at Friendship. You're viewing it from a far off. Well, it might be in the future, sometime down the road, God's going to pour out His Spirit. No, you're viewing it from afar off. Why not us?
Why not us? Why not us? God's no respecter of persons. If he did it for them folks back then, if he did it for the folks over there, he can do it right here if we want it, if we'll seek his face, if we'll go before him and say, Lord, we want to touch a heaven in this place. We want to feel your presence. He'll do it. We've got to want it. They viewed it from afar off. Elijah took his mantle, verse 8, he wrapped it together and smote the waters, and they divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground. This is the last recorded miracle that Elijah performed. He took his mantle, which was a robe-like affair, and he struck the waters, and they parted just enough for Elijah and Elisha to go over on dry ground, just like Joshua did when those priests went down into the Jordan River with that ark of God. Those waters parted, and they parted wide enough for several millions of Israelites to go across on dry ground. But this time, Elisha struck the water with his mantle, and it just opened up wide enough for those two to go across. I truly believe had those 50 sons of the prophets had said, we're going with Elijah. We're going to to see about this miracle that's going to take place. That water would have opened up wide enough for all 52 of them to have gone across on dry ground. But they had their thoughts on other things. They were too busy going to the state fair. They were too busy telling everybody how to get rich. They were too busy telling everybody how to be a better you. You can't be a better you unless you come to the cross and the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you and straightens you out. They missed it. That water opened up wide enough for them too. To get across to the other side. I said all that to say this. It doesn't matter about the numbers. Whether it's several millions or whether it's just two or 52. God can do whatever needs to be done. To get you across to the other side. <laughs> Glory to God. Whoever wants to join the crowd and go over to the other side, God will open it up plenty wide if you want to do it. We got too many today that are standing afar off. Preachers telling people, oh, you can live a homosexual lifestyle and still be saved. You're wrong, mister. You're wrong, mister. And you're going to have to stand before God and give an account of that and every single person you led to hell because of a false message. You can't do it, ladies and gentlemen. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Just go out here and do whatever you want to do, brother James. Once saved, always saved. Let me tell you this. When you get saved, as long as you want to be saved, God's going to save you. 
you may slip and fall and bumble and stumble and but if you'll get back up say lord forgive me you're going you're going but if you ever come to the place in your life well i can just do whatever i want to do i ain't worried about it you're on dangerous ground mister you're on dangerous ground you can't play with sin ladies and gentlemen it has destroyed every single human being. It's killed every single human being that's ever lived. And if you're not careful, you're sitting here saved today, filled with the Spirit. But if you're not careful and you give in to the devil's temptations, you could very well possibly lose your way. You better take heed. He that thinks he standeth better take heed lest he fall. That's what the Scripture says. Those waters divided, it was wide enough for those two to go over. God could have opened it up wide for all 52 to go over. We're living in a day and age where people don't care. Could not care less about the things of God. I've been to a couple of revivals this year. I didn't expect the world to come. I've just come to expect folks out here in the world, they ride by this church every day. I wasn't expecting them to come. But you know what? I was expecting my own church folks to come. Preached revival last week. The pastor there was expecting his own church folks to come. And good grace and mercy had ten people there one night. Really? What's going on, people? It's the day and age we're living in, a far off, far off. They now stand at the foot of Mount Pisgah. This is the place where Moses stood and viewed the promised land. He was not allowed to enter into the promised land because of his sin and good grace of mercy that clock's gone crazy I've run out of time can I preach on y'all everybody okay y'all ain't got no roast in the pot at home that's gonna burn up or nothing if it if it is and you have to leave we understand so give me give me a few more minutes if you will I've just given you the introduction to my message. <laughs> I won't I won't leave you hanging this morning, brother. I believe you'll come on back next week. <laughs> brother Harold Jones will be with us next week, homecoming. Exodus seventeen. We read where the children of Israel came to a place called Rephidim. And there was no water for the people to drink. And God told Moses to smite the rock. And when he smote that rock, the water came gushing out of that thing. And I mean, it was enough to feed over two million 
Israelites as well as their sheep and cattle and all their animals. I mean, they were just rolling and tumbling in. I'm talking about water out in the midst of a desert now. God told Moses to smite the rock, and that water came out. Paul talked about this particular incident in 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 4. He said, They all did drink of that same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Smiting that rock typified the cross. Because it was there that Jesus Christ was smitten for our sins. And because of what he did, the Holy Spirit can now flow to all who will believe. Jesus said in John 7, verse 38. John 7, verse 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living Water, But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Moses smote that rock in Rephidim. The water came out and satisfied the thirst of Two million Israelites, animals, everybody. I mean, the, the kids were just rolling and tumbling in it. It won't no little trickle that come dripping out of the rock. I mean, it, it was a, a gully washer. But a short time later, in Numbers 20, they came to another place called Mirabah. Mirabah. And we had the same thing that happened again. And in Numbers 20 and verse 8, God told Moses to take the rod, gather the assembly together, speak to the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring Forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. But if you look down in verse 11, Moses didn't speak to the rock. The Bible says he lifted up his hand, and with the rod he smote the rock twice. His actions in the sight of the people greatly abrogated the type. God intended for that rock to be a type of Christ. Jesus died on Calvary one time. His death on Calvary one time was enough. There's no need for any other sacrifice. That's why God had that temple destroyed in 70 A.D. Because the Jewish people were still bringing their sacrifices. Jesus Christ was the end of the Old Testament sacrificial system. There is no more need for a sacrifice. What Jesus Christ did at Calvary is enough. It needs nothing else added to it. 
and everything that you and I need today for life and living. It's all been made possible through and by what Jesus Christ did for us at Calvary. Philippians 4.19, my God will supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus through and by what Jesus did at the cross. What do you need today? What do you need today? There's healing in the cross. There's salvation in the cross. There's salvation for your family in the cross. There's money in the cross. Whatever it is that you need today, it's all been made possible by the cross. Take up the cross daily, he said, and follow me. And your needs will be met. He that tries to save his life will lose it. He that loses his life for my sake shall gain it and life everlasting. All Moses had to do was speak to the rock by smiting the rock. In essence, what he was saying is what Jesus did at Calvary was not enough, which is a great sin, ladies and gentlemen. Whenever a person says, it's good that you're saved, but you got to be baptized. you got to be baptized to be saved. In essence, what they're saying is what Jesus did was not enough. You've got to do this over here. When our Seventh-day Adventist friends say that you can't eat pork, in order to be saved, you can't eat pork and you got to go to church on Saturday in essence what they're saying is what Jesus did at Calvary was not enough you've got to do this right Jesus fulfilled all the law and thank God he did because I'm gonna look forward to some pork chops here in just a few minutes yeah can I get an amen somebody and I'm gonna have me a Boston butt come Thanksgiving and come, and come Christmas time, I'm going to have me some barbecue pork ribs on the grill. Thank God Jesus died at Calvary and satisfied the law. Eat all the pork you want. You better be careful with them donuts, though. You'll be swole up like I am this morning. <laughs> and they're ungodly, but they're good. <laughs> All right, let me finish this message. Let me finish it up. He should have did what God said and spoke to the rock instead of uh, hitting that rock because of his disobedience. He missed out. He missed out. And folks, it has not changed from then until now. If you disobey God, somehow, some way, you're going to miss out. You hear me? Let me say it again. Now, you, you might not miss out on heaven. It, it, you know, each situation is different. But you, you might not miss out on heaven. 
But when you disobey God, you may miss out on His best here and now. God's got some good things for us. What God has for you is better than anything you can come up with on your own. And if you'll follow His leading and guidance, trust Him and obey Him, then you can walk in the promises of God. God's got some good things for you and you can experience some of that. All right, Elijah asked Elisha as they stood there at the foot of Mount Pisgah where Moses was allowed to see the promised land. He wasn't allowed to cross over. Elijah now asked Elisha, he said, 2 Kings 2 verse 9, Ask what I shall do for thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Now, I got a question for you. Well, let me put it this way. You can only give what you got. Okay? How can you give more than what you got? Are you following me? You can only give what you got. If you only got $100 in your pocket this morning, that's all you got. That's all you can give. How can you give $200 when you ain't got but $100? You can't. Oh, but you can. Well, you say, well, how's that, Brother James? Come on back next week, and I'll tell you. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free cd copy of this message just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234 you can also go to establishedinthefaith.com there you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form but perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something again just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, 
Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.